Hello, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, base campers. Hope you're all doing well. Let's see what's been going down. The banks, that's who. Will our money be safe in the banks? Most people still think so, but you hear a lot more rumblings these days, don't you? And last weekend, over 1 million people set up new Bitcoin wallet addresses. Think about that for a second. That trend is unlikely to change anytime soon. People are looking for a safe haven for their assets, and Bitcoin is emerging as the new gold standard with its absolute scarcity and true decentralization. And something has been circling around my awareness like a hawk overhead, that there's something in the way that the globalists have enslaved us that is hidden in plain sight. It's the legal system. Have you ever wondered why Washington, D.C. is not part of America? Why does it have its separate laws and separate jurisdiction? Why do the court systems operate under maritime law? What are the implications of that? And why does the Federal Reserve Bank, a private corporation, hold so much power and sway over our public officials and public life? Why is the IRS allowed to collect money unlawfully on behalf of a private corporation? Do you see the absurdity in this? Today is the first part of a deeper dive over the course of season five into how to live as a free, sovereign human being, despite being born into a legal structure that is meant to enslave and to keep you in the dark as to natural law or God's law. Remember that episode I did with Paul Remington Jones, or as he is known as Paul Unslaved? That was way back in episode 87, titled Standing in Strength. Well, it seems like we're circling back around to this issue of what sorts of structures has our enemy created and hoped we would discover, but we're figuring it out and talking amongst ourselves. Let's go sit around the fire with Dr. Sherry Peel Jackson, a former IRS agent. My guest today is Dr. Sherry Peel Jackson. Dr. Jackson is a Christian author and speaker. She currently teaches entrepreneurship, debt-free living, audit and asset protection, and survival in the new economy. She's a longtime accountant and former IRS agent who has a very interesting story to share with us. Here is my interview with Sherry Peel Jackson. All right, I am here with Sherry Peel Jackson, a patriot, author, hero, thought leader, Sherry Peel Jackson. Sherry, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It is great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Tony. Yeah, I came across your your story, which I found to be incredibly uh, inspirational and valuable. And I was clicking around on your videos and I and I found out more of your story. And so I reached out to you. Um, and you know, I had been as a, somebody that seeks the truth, I'd been down some rabbit holes about the federal reserve, uh, and the IRS, you know, I snoop around a lot. I'm, I'm plugged into a lot of citizen journalist, uh, channels and stuff. So I was seeing a lot of stuff about that. Um, and then I found your videos and, uh, so my first question, you know, you were a former IRS agent, which is a very unique perspective. Um, and I guess I just wanted to start off by asking you just a little bit about your story. Like you're an IRS agent, uh, you're, you know, what, what happened? Like what, what was your awakening? Like, what was your hero's journey? Like, how did you go from, uh, an agent who was doing audits and, and all that to questioning, what you were doing, questioning the mission of the IRS and the Federal Reserve and 
Yeah. How did that go down? Did you, did you, did somebody point you in that direction? Were you having conversations with other agents? Like how did your awakening happen? Uh, and you know, and kind of what happened? Okay. Well, I was an IRS agent for seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. My last two years before I quit the job, I started noticing that there were some inequities. For example, the mom and pop businesses that could not afford CPAs and attorneys would get slammed and hammered. And some of them were even put out of business because they hadn't prepared their tax returns correctly. Yet larger corporations would have the attorneys and their CPAs meet with the IRS attorneys and CPAs and, and cut deals where they paid little or nothing. So that mm-hmm. was one of the first things that kind of soured me. Sure. Now, I did not know anything about the fraud and the misapplication of the income tax until I left. I left the IRS in 1995 for family reasons. I was putting too much time into the IRS and not into my family. So I just quit. I I was already a CPA Mm -hmm. and I decided that I was going to hang my shingle and start a CPA firm in my basement. And that's what I did. So that's when people stopped being afraid to come to me and question the legality of what was going on with the IRS. I guess they were afraid when I was still there. Mm. So from 95 to like 99, I started hearing from various people, even senators say, hey, you know, I heard that the income tax really is being misrepresented and misapplied. And in 2000, uh, one of my pastor clients, I, I work closely with pastors. So one of the clients Pastor clients said that they had a parishioner that really had a lot of information and would I talk to this person? So I did. And and they revealed a lot of information. And then two weeks later, she called me and said, hey, the USA Today has a full page ad about the illegality of the income tax. When I read that that full page ad, two things struck me. Uh, There's a guy named William Conklin that was given a fifty thousand dollar reward for anybody that that could approve that we were legally uh, required to file and pay. And also Joe Bannister, which was a, at that point, the former criminal investigation division agent had written a report uh, in telling his research about the misappropriation of the income tax. And he was basically told to resign. So I got Joe Bannister's reports and I started going after that $50,000 reward Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't win it. And as I did the research, I found out that they were right. This is not right. And it was it was slavery. It's taking your hard earned money from yourself and your family to do other things with it, uh, specifically me being a Christian at the time, funding things like the National Endowment for the Arts so they can let pe- pay people to draw uh, pictures of Jesus upside down in a, in a bottle of urine. So mm. I wasn't pretty happy with that. I got in touch with Joe Bannister. Actually, he got in touch with me. And we started uh, having meetings around the country. And that's kind of like when all this stuff blew up and they started looking at us. Yep. Yep. You, you know, I have been down some of these rabbit holes of, of citizen journalists. And there, there's some people I, I follow that just refuse to pay. They're like, it's not, they can't legally collect this for me. Um, to your point of the guy that offered $50,000. Now, I'm not suggesting people stop paying their taxes. I'm asking more people to notice, huh? You know, I think people wrongly assume some people don't even know the Federal Reserve is a private bank still to this day because 
of the word spell of using federal in the title, people automatically assume it must be the, you know, another way of saying the treasury department or something. And then the IRS, everybody assumes is just the collection agency for the government, but it's a collection agency for a private corporation. That's a different thing, right? It, it sure is. Uh, the Federal Reserve is a non-auditable private banking cartel. And at mm. this point, they're collecting about $90 million from each American. And, and if you look at the debt clock, if you're audience goes on in Google's debt clock. We're over $30 trillion in debt at this point, and that's all laid at our feet. So, you know, why is it that a private banking cartel has control of the money? Well, Congress acquiesced their position and gave it to them, and we've been on a downhill since then. You know, you, you could make the case, Sherry, that our senators and, and there's some good there's some good uh congressmen and women i'm not saying that they're all corrupt but you could make a damn good case that really congress represents uh the federal reserve more than we the people because if they if they really represented we the people they would be dismantling this irs right and and everybody would be shouting about it saying this isn't lawful but the fact of the matter is there's only a few uh, of the patriot um, representatives are stating such, so it leads me to believe that you know uh, the the system's so corrupt that um, we're not being represented. the The central bank is, and they always have been, because they have really powerful families. I mean, we're talking the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, uh, Lazard. I mean, it's a it's a it's a list, a short list of the banksters that have basically run the world's money for a long, long time. And, um, you know, you got in the crosshairs. Um, I can imagine, what was it that got you in the crosshairs? Probably just being out speaking against it, I would imagine, put you on their radar, right? Well, it was it was really being a big mouth, but I actually yeah. practiced what I preached. I did not file tax returns. And it was four yeah. years that went mm -hmm. by as I talked about it. So, they yep. uh, were angry about that. Yeah. 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 Was it, was it, so we don't, I mean, it, it sounds weird. We're pointing out something that is completely corrupt and illegal yet. What is our, what do we do? Like, I don't really want to have to pay. I, it, it, it irons me that, that I'm, that the central bank, a private bank is collecting money for me that they lawfully shouldn't be able to collect from me at the same time i'm going to be filing my taxes before april 14th because i don't want to go to jail i don't want i don't want them you know getting me in their sights and harassing me i have a life to live so how do we how do we balance that because there's probably a lot of people that have been down this same rabbit hole that are like damn it this this really makes me angry that this is happening and you know what are my options at this point i wanted to say Two things. First of all, for the people who don't understand and have always thought that the income tax was legal, even if even if it if you think it's legal, it's immoral. If I come, Tony, to your house mm -hmm. and I make a deal to cut your grass, I'm using my arms and my legs and my brain and my time. And in exchange for that, you pay me a hundred dollars. Yep. That's not a taxable event. That's an even exchange. Mm -hmm. When Walmart makes a hundred thousand dollars in a day, and that's a small Walmart, and they have salaries to pay and electricity and other things. And so their expenses are $60,000 and they have 40,000 left. They don't have to take pay tax on the hundred thousand. They mm -hmm. pay tax only on the 40. 
yet they have us paying tax on the hundred that I made for cutting your grass. And that's immoral yeah. uh, on top of the fact that we know it's illegal, but for everybody else. So I am older and wiser now. Of course, you all know that I challenged the beast. I actually said this is illegal. I've researched it. I know what I'm talking about. And yep. I'm not giving you another one of my dimes. I mean, you know, my people were already slaves and I'm not getting there to be another slave. I want nice vacations for my children, just like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. I want a nice life. So I'm going to keep my my money. And that didn't yep. go over well, of course. They actually raided my house one day and was there all day and went away for a while because they couldn't find a felony. Mm -hmm. I'm, we were just a homeschooling family trying to to keep what we earned. But they did charge me with a misdemeanor, misdemeanor charge, a willful failure to file, and mm -hmm. gave me a four-year sentence on a misdemeanor charge, which is really unprecedented. So I actually literally spent three years to the day in a federal prison because I dared to speak out against mm -hmm. the fraud. Now, the way I handle it now is I don't try, I don't tell people to try to cut the head off the beast like I did. Yeah. I tell people to starve the beast. Yeah. And how you starve the beast? You start a home-based business mm -hmm. where you're able to write off everything but the kitchen sink because in your home-based business, just like Donald Trump said when he was running against Hillary, uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, shouted out, Donald Trump didn't pay his taxes. And everybody sucked all of the wind out of the room and everybody started calling me. Mm -hmm. I said, he said he was a smart man. He uses the tax code. The tax code is written for businesses. The tax yeah. code is written for all these wealthy people. And if you get a business, there's a section of the Internal Revenue Code, Internal uh, Revenue Code Section 162 says all ordinary and necessary business expenses are deductible. So yeah. even if you have a job, let's say for the sake of argument, you're making $90,000 on a job, you go in, you start your home-based business. Of course, at the beginning, you're going to have a lot of expenses and maybe not a lot of income. Well, if you make a $20,000 loss the first year, that loss goes to reduce your W-2 income from 90,000 to 70,000. And that's the beginning of starving the beast. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Yeah. You know, do, do you, what do you make of this, you know, this whole Biden is, you know, put this thing out. We're going to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. Uh, we're going to get them trained with firearms. I don't know how much of this is smoke and mirrors and just trying to scare people, you know, but I think for conservatives, it came off as like, you know, what in the hell is going on? Because if they're going to target anybody, it's not, it's going to be more, the more conservative people, like you said, the mom and pop businesses, they always get the brunt of this kind of stuff. And I was really surprised to see, oh, they're going to, they're, they want their IRS agents to be armed. And I'm like, really? What, why do they want them to be armed? That's just weird. I don't know if I was getting bad information or what you're hearing or, you know, and then, and then when the new Congress came in, they said, no, we're not doing that. We're, we're, we're taking the teeth out of this. Um, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene said something to the effect of, you know, when we get our guy in there, uh, we're, we're going to dismantle the IRS. Now, I don't know if that's true either, but you can kind of see the tug of war right now happening in Congress with the president and the IRS is in there uh, looking like they want to collect more and more from the little person uh, and putting out scare. I don't know if it's just a scare tactic or you're, you're hearing, you know, Oh, they're, they're really going to be doing these ridiculous things or, or what, but I, I thought I would ask you about that. Cause I saw that come across my desk a couple of weeks ago. So yes, it was a scare tactic basically, yeah. but let me, let me speak to the, Congress and and every every so often the 
U.S. House comes with a bill that will dismantle the IRS and everybody's mm. happy and trying to celebrate, but it's always the Senate that knocks yep. that bill out. And so yep. this is just what I call a kabuki dance. Mm. They're just doing all this for show. They're not going to get rid of the IRS because all that money going in gives them the power over us that mm -hmm. they feel like they have. Yep. And without the IRS, we would be more prosperous. We would be the ones that would be more in charge of our own lives. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't hold my breath for it because Senate, the Senate always knocks it down. Yeah. As far as the 87,000 IRS people, that was the Inflation Reduction Act that uh, gave the IRS $80 billion in funding. And that, that new worker, 87,000 new workers was supposedly to be over the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. And as far as being armed in the criminal investigation division, only 2,100 of those were supposed to be armed. Uh, Still, I'm hoping that they take the teeth out of it because we need more funding in our education. You know, the government school systems are failing the children. Mm -hmm. um, my children never graced the halls of a government school because I knew what was going to be going on. Yep. Indoctrination instead yep. of education. So we don't need more IRS agents. We need people that are be to be able to start home-based businesses those are the backbone of this country. They know that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What would you? What would your advice be if somebody does draw an audit at this point? I had a I had a little minor audit. Uh, yeah, it was maybe seven or eight years ago. It wasn't really a big deal. I'd made a mistake and did a Schedule C instead of Schedule A. There was some there was some mix up that the IRS caught. Sent me a thing. They didn't do a full on audit. They just sent me a thing saying, "Hey." Uh, you, uh, we think we believe you made a mistake and it's, you know, in our favor, here's the bill. And I just kind of said, okay, I checked it and said, yes, but, but let's just say people do get audited. Like what, what would be your coaching? If you were a small business, uh, a home-based business, a mom and pop, and the IRS sent you notice that, Hey, we're going to audit because, you know, we're, we're looking to do more audits now that we have more agents. Uh, what what would be your coaching on how to how to navigate that without without being too anxious and being too stressed out about things, which it, it could be a very stressful notice to get. Right. All right. Yeah. First of all, yes. Don't stress. Uh, do not go it alone. My mm -hmm. name for the IRS is the insidious representatives of Satan. And you do yeah. not want to go in the devil's den. <laughs> so you get someone who knows what they're doing yeah. and you get them to look over it. So I, I do that. That's my specialty. I, yep. I love uh, beating them. And so you say, okay, let me look at the tax return that they're talking about. Let me look at the letter to see what they're saying is wrong. Mm -hmm. And from that point, either you figure out that it is wrong and you pay, or if it's not something that's wrong, you fight. And so mm -hmm. a lot of people are too afraid to fight, but they need to fight if they feel like this is, this is, uh, this deduction is a correct deduction. I had one couple came to me with an IRS uh, letter and the IRS had duplicated one of their W-2s and that wow. was all it was. So all they had to do is show them that. And that went away. I just had a poor dear. She called me in tears. She had gotten back from the doctor with a diagnosis of mul multiple sclerosis. And when she got home and got the mail, she had an audit letter. Well, she had not kept the records the way the IRS wants. The IRS mm -hmm. doesn't want your debit card. You know, if you have debits on there from Walmart and Target and wherever, that could be anything. They want actual receipts. She, she mm -hmm. had not kept those receipts. Um, she had little records. And basically for two weeks, we worked on it and she ended up getting a refund. So I love to see it when people fight, because a lot of times 
when they fight, they end up not owing or they even get money back, which is what she did. Well, I think I think to your point, the IRS counts on being so intimidating that people don't people are just going to be like, whatever it is, I'll pay it as long as it's not going to break me. You know, exactly. exactly. I, I, I assume they're accountants know what they're talking about and you know i'm not really accountant i do my books or whatever and if they catch something and say hey you owe you know five grand more than we said a lot of people may not dig in even Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. or if they did find something they might be like i don't want to fight it what you know they'll make it worse on me you know it's like this monster that like to your point like people don't want to have to go toe-to-toe with them but that's something that you've done uh, you know, and I think you have a huge advantage because you've been an IRS agent. Right, so it, right. gi- it gives you it gives you chops, you know, and how to deal with the conflict. That's right. Right. I think it I think, you know, the the, the word says for such a time as this. And I, I wasn't afraid because I was one of them. So you're right. But it is it is something that is they they, they hired people, spin doctors way back in the, the early days, 30s, 40s, 50s to scare people. So people are afraid. Yeah. And uh, fear is unfortunately uh, a great motivator in this in this way, in a negative way. So people that are afraid to fight are going to just pay. And I see that as money going out of their pocket for something that was for their family. But the ones who fight, you know, a lot of times they win. Yeah, exactly. You know, you said I, I saw that you said you did your graduate dissertation on the impact of feminism in the church. Um, I've done a number of episodes, you know, I, I've done a bunch of episodes on former liberals who have sort of woke up to, oh, my what what did this conditioning do to me? You know, whether that was feminism or gender studies or just some sort of cultural Marxism that they integrated in college. And then they woke up because maybe they saw a Jordan Peterson video or maybe they just, you know, they have kids and the gender, you know, the the transgendered education to six year olds is starting to freak them out with like, what in the heck is going on? Um, so I've done a number of them, not anything really specific on feminism and certainly not feminism in the church, but what, what, what is the impact that you're seeing, um, in, in churches across the country, uh, of feminism? Well, first feminism has wreaked havoc in society as a whole. Feminism Mm -hmm. told women that they could have it all. And pursuing that goal has caused our society to crumble because the nuclear family is on life support. Mm-hmm. Um, single mothers at an all-time high. Let me give you a few stats about fatherlessness mm. uh, in, in in any community. But you know, obviously, I'm black, specifically in the black community. Uh, fatherless homes, they're four, four, fatherless children are four times greater risk of poverty. They're more likely to have behavioral problems, greater risk of infant mortality, more likely to go to prison, commit crimes, mm. become pregnant as a teen face abuse and neglect, be drug and alcohol uh, dependent, uh, likely to be obese and likely to drop out of school. That's enough to tell you that this is a this is a trick of the enemy. Mm -hmm. Secondly, feminine feminism's impact on the church has changed the trajectory of where the Lord would have us go now. The 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 scripture that I that I cling to, Titus two, three through five, tells the older women, which is me now, to teach the younger women to love their husbands, their children, be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, mm-hmm. obedient to their own husbands, so that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Mm-hmm. But due to feminism invading the church, the women 
uh, we should be calling mothers are joining in with the younger women, trying to be the boss chicks, mm-hmm. uh, living in the hookup culture and usurping the biblical order of both the church and the family. Mm-hmm. And if the men take a stand, they're labeled as toxic masculinity or misogynistic or something like that. And these men uh, are ridiculed both inside and outside the church. So we have to get back to biblical womanhood. Mm-hmm. God created something called ontological equality, but functional subordination. Genesis 2.18 says that women were created to help men. And that's a big slap in the face for some people mm-hmm. to realize that it's in the Bible. We were created to help men. And once both sexes absorb and implement that model with mutual respect, we're going to get back on track. Otherwise, we're doomed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's all twisted around right now in a bunch of ways. And, you know, you and I were mentioning this before we got on the call that, you know, I, I try to come and you mentioned the enemy, you know, and I, I like that you said that. Um, and. You know, we, we're in a lot of people are talking about this right now. They're they're talking about, look, this is a some people are framing it as a biblical war, right? It's it's God and the light against against the Luciferians and the, the Satanists that sit atop uh the power grid. Um, some people frame it as just a spiritual war right now. Uh there's tons of misinformation and disinformation out there to try to confuse people. Um, you know, you see a lot of weird sexualized stuff in television and and celebrities where you're like what is going on you know and you know as a christian and somebody that believes in humanity and our hero's journey i believe that we're it, it sounds it might sound funny to say we're we're going to win but i know that we will because i can sense this awakening happening um all over the place um but my question to you really is like how do you like there's a lot of people that don't even know that we're in a spiritual war. Like they're busy with their fantasy football or their sports addiction, or, you know, they're just work. I'm trying just trying to sell more houses or, you know, they're, they're so distracted. Um, how do you balance out obviously being a woman who knows what's at stake for the children, what's at stake for yourself and future generations. And for we, the people in humanity, um, and then how do you still kind of enjoy your life, right? It, it, it's this weird paradox of like, I don't want to not have a good time and enjoy my life. At the same time, I don't want to be so distracted that I'm not paying attention to what these weird globalist Marxists are trying to do to our kids or trying to do to us. I want to be um, paying attention so that I'm a, a spiritual warrior, warrior of God, somebody that's paying attention and is standing in the right principles so that, um, so my family's safe and my community's safe and that we're moving this in the right direction. Because when I look at what's going on in the, in the government indoctrination schools, I'm like, the enemy has got control of the curriculum, right? They, they must, because look what's happening. So yes. h- how do you balance all that out uh, and still enjoy your life. Cause I can tell by you're, you're quick to laugh and, and, and you have a light about you. So there's, there's something you're, you're enjoying yourself and at the same time, your sleeves are rolled up and you're doing God's work. Yeah. He said, count it all joy. I'm a solution oriented person. I don't dwell on the problem. If mm. I've got to talk about the problem, I'm spending 10 minutes talking about the problem mm. and the other 90 minutes talking about the solution. First, 
we need to get our children and grandchildren out of the government indoctrination camps called schools. Yes. Whatever Uh it costs. Whatever. Second, we need to turn off the electronic income reducer and the electronic intellect reducer called the television. Mm -hmm. And I've been challenging people for the month of March um, and for your listeners to have them and their households turn off for two months and read Mm -hmm. educational materials, play board games, listen to real music and spend time getting to know each other. There's so many parents that really don't even know who their children are. So that'll be a two months well spent. Third, we as adults need to be proactive with our children and grandchildren and teach them that some things are just not okay. It's not okay that Tommy has two mommies. It's not okay for you to take drugs because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Those three steps are, they'll go a long way towards getting the victory. And I keep I keep my joy because uh, I know that I'm in a place where I am trying to save the people, you know, those that want to wake up. There's I'm, I'm in the South now and we make up words. So ignorant is when you don't know, but ignorant is when you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not worried about the ignorant, the ignorant that want to know. I'm actually teaching these people, hey, this is what's really going on. So I take joy in that. And yeah. I also am preparing my family. Not only do I have, you know mechanisms in place here but uh, we're building in Costa Rica one of the things that is a concern of mine is that you know what happens when the grocery stores close well uh, in Costa Rica the food is falling off the trees and in Costa Rica you won't freeze to death and you're maybe right at most five ten fifteen minutes away from the water where you can get fish so it's gonna be fine if the grocery stores close there so that's how I keep my joy I love it I love it really inspirational um so what what uh, creative projects, how do people find you? If I get audited, I'm calling you. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, how do people find you? You've got a book. Uh, you've got a couple of books, I think, right? Yeah, I have eight. Eight books. Oh, my God. So <laughs> so where do, where do people find your books? Where do they find you? Where is your website? Uh, how can people work with you, uh, you know, and any other creative projects that you might have going on right now? Okay, so my my YouTube channel is Sherry Peel Jackson. Um, my main website for the general public is wakethepeople.com. That's wake, W-A-K-E, thepeople.com. I also, as I said earlier, I deal closely with churches. And so to help the ministers and churches, I have sherrypeeljackson.com. I'm going to bring all that together at some point right now. They're Mm -hmm. two separate things. I have YouTube, uh, and my email is sherrypeeljackson at gmail.com. My books are on both of those web pages. My books are also on Amazon in um, softcover and Kindle. And I am currently creating digital classes. My first one should be out by midsummer. And it's going to teach people how to keep what they earn, protect what they earn, and grow what they earn. Love it. Thank you so much, Sherry, for coming on and sharing your insight and your wisdom. A really great story and inspirational. And I just love your energy. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for coming on and taking time today. Thank you so much for having me on, Tony. I hope you enjoyed our time with Dr. Jackson. While I was listening to the interview for this episode, I realized a couple of things. One, this is likely to be one episode in a series that I will do on individual sovereignty. I've done a number smattering throughout in different seasons, but I feel like we're getting down to the essence of it, what it is that's holding the whole corrupt system in place. And I also realized from a new book that I'm reading about the United States Incorporated that there's a big difference between what is legal and what is lawful. Legal 
still refers to maritime law and corporations large and small and even includes you and I with our so-called, quote, birth certificates, unquote. Lawful is God's law or natural law. Big difference. And we will be unpacking this as I find the right guess. Something big is brewing in this area for Americans, and we're going to figure it all out and what it is that it's trying to teach us. Thank you for your patience, base campers, and we'll see you around the fire next week. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac and you're listening to Base Camp for Men.